Welcome to Everyday Fitness Radio, and I am your host, Desmond Harris. This podcast is brought to you by Green Ink Radio. Thanks for tuning in. What do you call a pig that does karate? Hmm. I have no idea. A pork chop. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Okay. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? I have no idea. A stick. Man. So cheesy. Okay. You know what, though? I love Laffy Taffy jokes. (laughs) 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 All right. You know, like, I wanted to overthink that one. So when you said boomerang, I started thinking of like the boomerang generation jokes, baby boomers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You got me with the stick. It was real innocent. (laughs) Mm The next one's not, but okay. <laughs> so you, you're doing balance there. I like it. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What kind of shoes do all spies wear? Mm, like silky, quiet shoes. I don't know. Sneakers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was, that was a good one. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Fitness Radio. I'm your host, Desmond Harris, and I'm here today with a special guest. Her name is Tabitha Gesture. She is a holistic healing therapist who has 13 years of experience as a professional. She's a licensed massage therapist, certified rehab yoga therapist, certified tantric therapist, and those are just a few of her accolades. Tabitha addresses sexual and sensual issues from a holistic, energetic, and integrated approach to help her clients to experience powerful healing results. She's also very easy to talk to, as it turns out, and she's Mm -hmm. an avid gamer from time to time. Tabitha, welcome (laughs) to the show. Thank you, Desmond. Happy to be here. Yes, happy to have you. Every time we chat, it's great. So uh, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> Agreed. I was <laughs> like, yay, I talked to Desmond today. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's just uh, open up the gates. Let's just start talking a little bit about you. Tell us about your journey. What led you to become a holistic therapist? Mm, awesome. Thank you. So my journey started personally with trying to overcome my own experiences. And that's something that happens a lot with uh, passionate, soul-driven entrepreneurs, professionals, um, wanderlusters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it started, I was raised really conservative Christian and I was homeschooled. So there were a lot of things that I didn't learn growing up uh, about, you know, setting and holding boundaries. And even if you're not homeschooled and conservative Christian, we don't tend to learn those things sometimes. It should be part of school curriculum, I think, but that's my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So when I finally got to start experimenting with dating, I didn't know how to hold my space. I didn't know what I liked and what I didn't like. I didn't know how to interact around guys. So I ended up in a lot of situations I didn't really want to be in. And I was taught pretty much that um, you respond to the people around you and you don't hurt people's feelings. You be nice. So the first guy Mm -hmm. who showed interest in me got my attention. And even though we weren't compatible and I could logically say this would never work, I didn't know how to say no. So that turned into a marriage that I felt obligated to say yes to. And the problems didn't stop there. Uh, So of course, 
it showed up in the bedroom. Like at first it was fun because you're young, you're new, you're having new experiences, hormones are raging. But once that initial chemical explosion wears off, you're left with the nuts and bolts of what your relationship is really made of or what you're making of it. And we weren't making much of it and we didn't know how to. So here I am at 19, knowing what passion and pleasure and vibrancy feels like in my body, but also tragically knowing what it feels like when it disappears and not knowing why. This was never a conversation that I was exposed to. Yeah. It was never anything. Anyone in my life talked about the, the only information I got on things like this was that shitty uh, conservative upbringing that says, just do your marital duty. Yeah, like don't uh, talk about it. Yeah, make sure his needs are met. You know, men need sex more than women do. <laughs> like all of these What's up with things. that? Where'd that come from? Oh, man. I, I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to like try to tease out the paper trail of where that even began. But that might be an act of futility. It's <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's crazy, but it's also bogus. Like all of us are very, very, like as a human race, are very sensual and sexual beings. Um, Absolutely. It's part of like procreation urge so <laughs> yep. and it goes a lot deeper than that but that's another conversation so here I am at 19 I'm I have all of this conditioning that says just do your job and he was also raised the same so he's also like just do your job and I tried to just do my job but there's also this inner rebel in me that was like, that's not good enough. You know what you're capable of. You know, there's a whole world of passion and pleasure to be explored in your body and in relationship. Now you need to find yeah. out how. Mm. So I started researching and uh, all I found was more questions, like forum after forum of women from 16 to 60, 70, 80. And all of them are saying the same thing of, yeah. I love my partner, but I have no passion. I'm in a good relationship, but I have no libido. The desire has gone. You know, when are they going to make that pink pill? And Wow, the pink pill. Not the pink one. pill. Yeah. And so again, more questions. Basically, what it came down to is if you're healthy, if you're not being abused and you don't have hormonal issues, there's no reason you shouldn't have libido struggles. And if you do, it just means you're not designed to be a passionate, sensual, erotic woman. And that also is totally bullshit. Yeah, interesting <laughs> how they, yeah, how they just draw that and come up with that. Right? Like, we don't know. Women's sexuality is so mystifying because there's no, like, one secret recipe and that's what I wanted to find I just wanted to find that one recipe yeah so, so started, how did you start diving in after like what like how did you start your search to figure out more and get these answers google <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny but no truly <laughs> I started so researching everything I could get my hands on studying like tantra and the kama sutra and all of the different um sexual arts yeah, uh, really quick off topic. Well, not off topic, but just side question. Are you familiar with the, uh, there's a book out there, like it's called The Tao of Sexuality? Dude, yes. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> I think I started reading that right around that time period. Uh, and how old were you when you cracked that baby open? Uh, 19 or 20. Wow, I didn't even hear about that book until I was like 27, 28. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably the only book you'll need if you really you can read that a couple times. It's those those books are super super juicy. Um, yeah, super juicy. I loved it. That's the stuff my brain like totally turns on for. <laughs> yeah, me like me too because like the fitness side of me um, is like there's it talks so much about the channels in the body and. Mm -hmm how to move energy through the body yeah. and you know I'm a runner like I like moving and getting my heart rate up but this is just like a whole nother aspect and level to it and yeah. you can experience it yourself you don't even need a partner so to say exactly so it's really cool it's really interesting well it is and what I love so much about that and it's what I try to introduce you know to my communities and to my clients because there are so many partners that feel like they have to to have another person to have this experience with, or if they have a partner who's not gung-ho on self-exploration. And um, 
continuing their education in, you know, romance and sensual arts that like they're fucked and not in the good way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll never have, I'll never have this experience because my partner's not into self-development. I hear that so often and it's like, they don't have to be. Uh, Yeah, they don't. No, you really, and it's not even like a weird thing. Like, you know, it's not like stop the taboo of uh, self-pleasure. Like, it's yeah. exploration, like open up your own classroom, figure out your own body. Yeah. It makes you feel good. And it's kind of, yeah. it's liberating, you know. It is. And you'll be surprised that the things that you can actually facilitate with yourself and with your partner that takes you to those places you thought you needed them to take you to. And then they can get swept up in that whirlwind and be like, whoa, so this is what you were talking about? Maybe I'm a little more intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, have your how have your experiences changed your relationship with fitness and movement? Well, big ones because you know jumping into all of the study of like um, tantra and body work and Eastern medicine and you know Western medicine, the nervous system and how all that goes trying to demystify libido and eroticism and sensuality and intimacy and seduction and all of the dynamics that go into this. It's like, we spend so much time trying to avoid our bodies and, uh, you know, even avoid our heads. There's so much in life that takes us out of ourselves that when I got into the study, like the biggest underlying theme is the art of presence. Mm-hmm. The, the art of inhabiting your body. So it changed everything from, yeah. you know, the products that I use on my body to the things I put in my body to. Yeah, that's really you know, good. And tell me about it. Like, what, what do you mean? What, what kind of products do you use on your body? How has it changed since you were like more present? <laughs> well, uh, I don't tend to use m- many of like the, the, box store products because I love the, uh, I can't remember where I heard someone saying it, but like anything you put on your body, you should be able to put in your body. So if you can't eat it, you yes. shouldn't be using it. I, yeah. love that <laughs> I was just tiptoeing you there and I was like, hmm, I wonder what she's going to say, why, what her reason was. And that's, I love it. That's true. That's really it. it that's is. how people should think. Yeah. Really and you know, learning how much like your body is pretty fucking amazing. It absolutely fucking amazing. So much of its own stuff without you getting in the way. So from like, you know, personal hygiene to uh, nutrition, there's a lot that we do that actually messes up the way our body flows and takes care of itself. And when you start to become more present, you can feel when you slip into that off phase of like, something's wrong. Something's not right. Like, are you forcing yourself to, eat a specific diet or lifestyle pattern that really isn't working for you. And can you note the difference? Yep. Um, relationships, yeah, you, gotta, you know, yeah. Yeah. You gotta moves, put everything. Yeah. Right? When you know what it's like to feel your body and to feel, um, your gut instincts and your intuition. Cause I think they're different. You know, one's primally driven and one like to think is higher driven. (laughs) That's interesting. I never really thought about separating the two like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, that's a whole nother conversation topic. But yeah, when you can learn to taste the difference between the two. Okay. And, so you know, you have just... A, oh, I just want to tip <laughs> right on this. Okay. Uh, okay. So your gut, your gut instinct, wait, say that again. You said your gut instinct and your intuition. Yeah. So gut instinct to me is more primally driven. So it's like your nervous system is running that one. Your subconscious mind is running that one. So you can, <clears throat> you know, like people say, oh, so I, like, I felt something was off. I felt yeah. there was a red flag. I yeah. felt nervousness yeah. here. Or even like yeah. those comfort zone things. Like your primal gut instinct is to keep you alive. It's to keep you safe. And yep. that doesn't always mean happy. And that doesn't always mean towards your betterment. It just means alive. <laughs> yeah. Like you heard a lot like, oh, my gut told me not to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- well, if it's, 
if it's out of your survival zone and it's in an unknown element, then yeah, your gut's going to be like, stop. We want to stay alive. We don't know it's there. There could be a lion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but, but yeah, it like, makes, makes total sense. Yeah. But that intuitive whisper is more like that soul whisper. It's deeper. It's the one mm. that is like, go leap off the edge. You're bigger than this. You're Go better explore. than this. Yeah. You, yeah, you have so much more that you're not tapping into. Uh, mm. That one, it's quieter and it's even scarier. <laughs> I know. Seriously, scary is right. You know, like challenging you a little bit. Um, cool. It is. Yeah. I never thought of those two like that. You got me really going right now. Okay. I like this. <laughs> telling you guys every time i talk to tabitha i learn something new so i hope you guys are with me Uh, (laughs) that's fun so yeah all of those things have changed the way that i i play with my body that my body helps to fuel me through life instead of getting in the way through life and so many times we think our body is an inconvenience but through cultivating my own central practice it's like no this is like this is the superfood this is the jet fuel for everything. This is the garden of Eden that we have to cultivate and grow and dance in. Yeah. And it changes all of it. Yep. I love it. Absolutely love it. So <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us some more about your, you know, further down the road in your journey when you actually started working with clients. Do you have a cool or exciting or, you know, thought provoking client success story that you want to share with us? Mm. Which one do you want me to pick from? You can pick whatever <laughs> you want. You know what? Listen to, I'm not going to say listen to your gut. Listen to your intuition, okay? Oh, listen, listen to, your to intuition my intuition. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my very, very favorites was a woman who was in her 40s. And She'd been in a long-term relationship, but she'd also had time to just be fun, free, and frisky, and thought she knew herself pretty well. But she was having a lot of struggles in her current relationship. And through our coaching process together, she realized that she had forgotten how to dream and how to desire. And all of those things were rolling in. Man, it's easy. Like... (laughs) I'm actually writing a piece on this now because it's been coming back up as a theme with women in my community again. And even men of like, you know, you forget yourself. You forget. Do you think that's like lifestyle though? You know, I've heard like, I do. Yeah. Cause I've I've heard like, you know, I'm kind of in the CBD world now and Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've heard like with marijuana and THC, like THC can actually be like a a dream suppressor. Um, mm-hmm. because I guess it takes you out of your REM sleep and that's where you dream. Right, right. It's a um, sedative, yeah. yeah. But to have someone like her who, you know, she probably is not, you know, rolling up a joint every now and then. Maybe she is, I don't know. But someone <laughs> just, <laughs> just naturally forget how to dream. That's really interesting. Never heard that. Yeah, well, it's like when, you, when you're going through life and you're in um, like survival mode and putting out the fires mode where you're just going through the motions and from one thing to the next, your whole nervous system and just your energy levels don't tend to support like Ah, fantasy, contemplation, desire, dreaming. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. So it's like, you know, think about the person who went out of high school and jumped right into college or jumped right into marriage, jumped right into parenthood. And they didn't get the time to develop themselves. Like if you think about the fact that our brain doesn't actually finish developing until your early mid twenties. Yeah. Which is crazy. Right. So we're not even fully grown until then really, but how many people at that point have already solidified all of the decisions that set them up for the rest of their lives? Like I know know, some people that are crazy. I'm happy I didn't get married in my (laughs) twenties. Yeah, well, I mean, I did. I learned a lot. (laughs) It didn't last. I learned a lot. Um, But like, it's really easy to stay in the box that you put yourself in or that another person put yourself in. Yeah. And um, you just keep meeting the status quo and you never step outside of it. And we don't really have a society 
this is changing though, but we haven't really had a society that invites us to explore the outside of the box Yeah. and take the time to do those things. Like we're just now coming into an era where self-care is even a conversation. Uh, making yourself yeah. a priority is even a conversation to know Finally. that. I mean, it should be. Yeah. It should be. It should be the be. center of the conversation because, you know, if you take care of yourself, you show up better for everyone else you give a crap about. It's your true. Kids at your job and, you know, your partner or whatever it is. Yeah. When you're running on fumes. Really? You know? And that that's like, I think, um, I don't know, maybe people think it's selfish to be focused on self-care. But for me, that's why I stay in shape. Because if I don't have good energy, if I don't feel good about myself, if I'm not excited about something in my life, yeah. I'm no fun to be around. Period. Man, it's true. And that was part of the fun of that client is like when she was learning how to desire and learning how to do this again, you know, she went, this was the only change she made. She wasn't like sharing the, the exercises and templates and content with her husband. This was something she was doing that he didn't even know about. But through learning to tap back into that juice again and having a lifestyle of turn on, which is yeah. something that I teach and I advocate, like you should always be turned on about your life and about the things in life. And yes, yeah. And so she started noticing him looking at her differently and her responding differently. Like there was just a natural chain reaction that was being set off where let's go. That's she was, I love it. Yeah. She was yep. creating sizzle and magnetizing sizzle and everything else started changing without like having to fight it. So I'm like yeah. that, that is the, the superpower that your senses, your sensuality holds. Yeah, and that's the juice. That's, that's a life skill. It's mm -hmm. totally a life skill. Totally. Love it. Um, I'm still kind of hung up on something you said a little bit before. I want yeah. to kind of bring back the, the, the sleep thing. And you mentioned how people are kind of like their minds are going a lot and mm -hmm. they are kind of in the fight or flight yeah, and like not in the parasympathetic, mm -hmm. I guess you'd say for their sleep. And yeah. I just think it's interesting. And I think it's just so relevant now, um, especially in the world of fitness, because I'm trying to teach people to look at their lives in a 360 manner. Mm-hmm and take a look at all your stressors and then you have to have an off switch right so like especially when it comes to training like training is very stressful go ahead stretch yourself out in the gym kill it hit the off switch so you can recover and like complete the full cycle yeah. um yeah i don't know i was just like stuck on that when you mentioned like all right this lady's losing her dreams because yeah. she has so much going on in her life and i was like man i wonder how many people are out there that are just they got so much going on in their life and they don't realize that they're not hitting the off switch. Yeah, it's true. And that's one of the biggest, uh, what word do I want to use? Inhibitors of like naturally free flowing, uh, sensuality, libido, presence, romance, intimacy. It's like going into the nervous system, that whole action side of the nervous system that is the one that you're using to handle stress and to navigate life experiences and to go and run that mile two miles three miles whatever you, you're killing it i see on your instagram and you're a runner <laughs> yep. you're using a totally different side of your nervous system for that and that one is made to handle action but when you're switching into the rest relaxation response side this is actually where intimacy occurs this is where your body can produce those hormones that okay. get you in the mood and create the sizzle and create the pleasure all the endorphins that flood your system for that and the yeah. oxytocin and everything else so if you're living a lifestyle that keeps you constantly in action and threat response mode you may have that partner that you love at home, or you may have the intention to go home and pleasure yourself and explore yourself. But if you can't make the transition in your nervous system, you can't go there. They just, yeah. they're not compatible. Yeah, that's big. You, you don't see animals in the wild, like thinking about getting frisky while that lion has its jaws around their neck. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And so we have all of this nervous system distortion, which is fed by lifestyle and just a lack it of awareness. It is. I know it is. And it's just like, got to just um, back to what you said, be present 
expand your awareness, kind of create that classroom within yourself so you find you yeah. know what your baseline is. Yeah, and then you play with it. So, you know, you talk about flipping that switch. I call them pleasure rituals. Like all of my clients have to go through a process of identifying and creating pleasure rituals that they use to flip that switch. That's really so cool. Tell us, you, could you explain really quick what a pleasure ritual is, what that would look like? Yeah. So it's anything that facilitates, facilitates that transition for you. So when I'm teaching sensuality, I'm really teaching you to live from your senses. Like sensuality has been hypersexualized. So we put senses and sex together and they can True. be together, but they are not yeah. exclusively together. <laughs> I know. The first time I talked to you, like I definitely had, I was in that mindset and I was like, oh, this girl is going to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 10 miles deep, 10 miles deep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So living from your senses and from your sensuality, the reason it's a life skill is like, this is where you should be for everything that you're doing. So your pleasure rituals are about activating your senses. So we've got, depending on your, your, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can do of, that. Of thought. Yeah. Anyways, you've plenty. got five main senses to play uh -huh. with, but so many more, but just focus on the five main ones. Keep it simple. Okay. And like, what is a fragrance that you really find enjoyable? whether it's essential oils or your favorite cologne, something that like when you put that on, it's not your get up and go, I'm going to work. I'm going to be a businessman or a businesswoman. This is like what smells help you relax. It could even be like apple okay. dumplings because your grandmother made them and you're like, ah, I'm melting. Like grandma's <laughs> house. Yeah. So it's like something that creates good feelings in your body. Got it. Um, for me, it's like amber and sandalwood and maybe like a touch of vanilla. It's a really sexy smell for me, but that is comforting to me. So if I get my little oil roll on and just dab a little on my wrist and then like there you go. smell and breathe, like breathing, <laughs> fucking breathe, let that be part of your pleasure ritual. Um, dance is something that's part of mine. Um, singing, like anything that's activating your senses, making sure that my environment is pretty organized which it's not at the moment <laughs> but making sure it's organized is a pleasure ritual to me because i'm one of those people who's really sensitive to environment and all of us are when we're present but all of us can also learn to escape the chaos yeah <laughs> um so for every person it's different but it's like maybe it's enjoying that um glass of of cacao or a glass of wine whatever whatever you do yeah, it could be i thought that. you were gonna say merlot i didn't know you're gonna say cacao but yes yes to that cacao is amazing yeah whatever whatever your pleasure drink is maybe it's you know standing on the back porch and watching the sun go down before you go back inside and get the kids ready for bed or get ready for the next day whatever you're doing where it's just you it's that drink and you're looking at it senses you're smelling it senses you're opening your mouth and you're feeling the steam on your skin yeah. senses you yeah. take that sip and you let it sit on your tongue you don't just swallow it because this isn't about just getting nourishment in this is about experiencing what you're yeah. drinking. so it's almost like so you're, using your senses to bring yourself back into yeah. present awareness yeah yeah and so when it's swirling on your tongue, how many layers of flavor can you pick of that drink? Like, I love teaching wine tastings this way. I yeah. love using wine as a central activation because yeah. I, it goes through so many different layers of flavor. And you can become really fulfilled and satisfied off of just a few sips when you're really present for it. So you're experiencing this whole shift mm -hmm. of your body and of your mind just through that. And if you take that into every other thing, like, could you imagine using that much attention and awareness to kiss your partner? Hello. Ooh, or, yeah. Or goodbye. Like, and really leave them sizzling and not being able to wait until you get home and can have more because it wasn't just that chicken peck that I call it where it's like, hi, mwah, bye. Mwah. It's like, no, you're present. There's yeah. eye contact. You're, leaning in you can feel your body against theirs you know you're yeah there's like so many levels to it now shoulders. holy crap yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you both know you've you've made the moment where you're looking at each other and mm -hmm. you That's can amazing. see like 
Yeah, like, oh, they were thinking about getting ready to go to work and just you waiting with that presence and sliding your arms around their body and holding that eye contact. They're like, oh, wait, it's time. And this is so important. It to is. Give people time to like shift focus because there are some times where, you know, my partner will come up to give me a kiss and I'm in go mode and it's like, get off me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So like you have to understand that that's real life is real but also make a conscious choice like to say hey 30 seconds can i have 30 seconds and that 30 seconds is where that eye contact happens that slow kiss happens it doesn't have to be a, a makeout session it could literally just be your lips lightly resting against each other and you're just so in the moment that your whole body fires up because you've both arrived in a moment together it's yeah. so good yeah <laughs> Love that. And it's like, man, there's so much like people are missing if they don't experience that. I feel it's just, uh, yeah. it comes back to just being present, you know, in the present moment, there's so much for us to open up to, to receive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you'll 10 level. There's just so much more to experience. Love yeah. It. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do crazy shit. You just have to be present for what you are doing. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what would you say you see in men? Like what are some of the, what, what, what advice could you give men who are looking to take the first step to make a change, to be more sensual? Mm. Start with something that you already enjoy. <clears throat> so you, Desmond, <laughs> you already enjoying fitness the way you do in moving your body and challenging your body and completing feats with your body. It could be something for you to do uh, super, super intentional and mindful body movement. Like this okay. could be your warm up, or this could even be the way you deadlift or something else. But it's like, you already know, you go through, you check your breath, you check your posture. Yeah. Now, what if you took that awareness to a different level of like, all right, now, what does it feel like when I'm, you know, bending down to grip this bar? What does the bar feel like in my hands? What it, I don't know if you use a, a weight belt. I know some guys do. Like, what does it feel like when that weight belt is constricted okay. around you? Yeah, um, I do like more functional in, stuff. So like when you said posture and like breathing and like, yeah, yeah, those are good cues. Yeah, but like really pulling into it and feeling it and like the energy moving through your body. Where are you sending it? Where are you putting it? And when you, you know, do that squat or you do that deadlift or you do that jump or whatever you're doing when you're doing that run, just start bringing awareness into your body. What are you feeling? And it's like yeah, cultivating the art of just observing yourself. You, it doesn't have to be analyzed. We do mm -hmm. enough of that throughout our day. But it's like... <laughs> What is that? Why did I just feel like the urge to laugh? Well, that cool. Oh, why yeah. did I just feel the urge to hiccup? Okay, cool. Mm, okay. This feels really kind of hot when I'm doing this move. Why do I feel like a sexy beast right now? Like, <laughs> just take note of that. And like when you're in the shower and you're washing your body, instead of just like, uh, I read one study about like guys do, they don't do the same body part at all. It's just like, sometimes they wash their armpits and that might be it. And then they get out of the shower and sometimes they get their hair done. Uh, like, I totally did that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like women tend to have a routine where it's like, you start with your hair and you work your way down the body and you end with shaving your legs or like whatever you do. So it's like, whatever your ritual is, be really intentional. Like you're in the shower you have it hitting your body. Can you feel the streams of water hitting okay. your body? Can you try to pick, is there one that hits harder? Is there one that you see should be hitting, but you don't feel it? Okay. Or like when you're in the shower and like you turn around and the water's already hot and then it hits your yeah. back and like, oh, it's extra hot. Yes! <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like get curious about sensations because one of the things that all of my men, um, have come to me about is never being taught how to sink into those moments. Like it's just a level of not knowing. They didn't know that that was a thing. <clears throat> and if you're raised on like pornography or, you know, just default sexual education, yeah. then everything is so rushed. Everything True. is really high stimulus. True. So like 
I've had some women who are like, I don't like to be on top because there's no way that I can give my man the pleasure that he wants, or I don't like going down on him or anything because I can't compete with his hand. He's been such an active masturbator that he's the only one who can get himself off at this point. Yeah. And if you think about like what your hand can do versus any other part of the body, there's really no competition. You can grip yourself True. really fucking tight. You can True. go really fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know what you want in the moment, but like break that habit and break it down. So what if instead of doing your normal, it was just, oh, let me explore myself really slowly. And most men have numb penises, but they don't know it. Just like most women have numb vaginal canals, but they don't know it because we're taught like, oh, you should only have a few, a few spots that are going to be sensitive, but you can yeah. unnumb yourself and wake up this whole world of sensation by slowing the fuck Okay. Down. Yeah. Slow it down. Yeah. Makes There's sense. a whole body to explore. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Makes total sense. We're shift gears a little bit. Um, what is your take on health and wellness as a whole? I think it is something that has become way more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Very true. Like, there was this one video that I saw and I can't remember what it was from. So if anybody knows, like share it because <laughs> it was a good watch, but it was like, you look back in time and you see this couple that's in the kitchen in like the seventies and they're cooking the traditional bacon and eggs and someone blips back from the future and is like, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to die. And so he gives them this whole thing of like, no, you need to have like, this and you can't have toast but add on like 10 pounds of bacon and you know throw some oh, butter okay. fat in there and like take the eggs out there this is what we now know is the recipe for health this is what's gonna you uh, know aid longevity crazy. and so you know she recooks the breakfast and sits it down in front of her husband and he's about to take a bite and somebody else flips back and is like we were wrong that's not it get rid of the bacon it's Crazy. vegetables it's avocado toast that's all and so then she finally makes that and puts it in front of them and somebody blips back and is like we were wrong again and it just <laughs> keeps happening until eventually they come back around to like just give yourself bacon eggs and toast if that's what gets you your breakfast just eat your fucking breakfast <laughs> yeah. it's the fact that you're feeding your body more than like is it the right ratio of macros and micros and everything else? Just feed your body. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, it's so comical how much things change. It's so comical. Yeah. yeah. And you got to like, show me that video. I got to watch that. Yeah, it's paralyzing to have this much information flowing at us. It's like, do strength training. That's true. No, don't. All you need is cardio. No, don't. All you need is yoga. No, don't. <laughs> All you need is this. Like, it's so overwhelming. True. So my, my thoughts on health and wellness is like, how fantastic that we have so many people studying so many different things and how fantastic that we haven't figured it out yet. Because that means if you just take a conscious step in any direction to be more uh, mindful about what you're eating, about yep. how you're moving, mm -hmm. good for you celebrate that. That's amazing. You can basically start anywhere and feel really accomplished that you're taking some sort of proactive action. <laughs> yeah. Seriously though, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got this coach, that coach and you know, your little macro micro calculators, just get a piece of whole food and eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the stairs instead of the elevator. You're doing, you're doing better than 90% of the population just by making simple changes. So yep, yep, yeah, yeah. embrace the simplicity. Embrace it. Yeah. That's what I tell people too. It's like, Hey, you know, if you're uh, if you get up and decide you're going to move for 30 minutes a day, like you said, you're doing better than 90% of the population. Hats off to you. Woohoo. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Great job. Have a party. You did awesome today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do so many different things. Like you got all these different certifications and you know we've been in connection i've been kind of following you a little bit you've had a few different talk shows you're getting connected with andrea i'm so excited you're gonna be on her show can't yeah, wait to tune too. into that she's <laughs> oh i'm definitely tuning into that 
Um, so <laughs> I want to know what keeps you going, Tabitha? How do you, how do you just continue down this path? What really, what is your motivation? Uh, well, I guess to come full circle, it's selfishness. <laughs> yep. It is a healthy sense of selfishness. So being, you know, what I call a sensualist or a hedonist, like someone who lives from the body and lives from the senses, I am always paying attention to when my body goes quiet or when I slip into those, you know, just get through it and put out the fire modes. And I don't love that. I'm a woman who wants it all. I want to feel good. I want to look good. I want to have amazing relationship. I want to have amazing sex. I want to have amazing food. I just want top notch of everything, but I'm a human. Mm-hmm. So I hit the same walls as everybody else. Yeah. I hit the relationship dry spells. I hit the work stresses. I hit the money stresses. Like I'm human. Mm-hmm. And it's a continuous desire to get back to what I know is my natural state of pleasure and vibrancy and openness that drives me. And mm-hmm. the fact that I get to help other people do this is also really inspiring because just like health and wellness, relationships and intimacy shouldn't be this big black hole that we feel utterly lost about. Just a few core, simple life skills can transform all of it. So to me, it's like being the mad scientist in my own life is what drives me. Like, oh, what's here? Ooh, that's gross. Let me dive in. Oh, cool. Look what I learned. (laughs) I love that. Love it. You're such like an like a explorer of yeah. your own like you know your own world in your own experiences. Yeah, totally. Like awesome. everything gets broken apart and and checked into. I swear sometimes my partner is like, "Why why are you even overthinking this?" And I'm like, "Cuz there's a nugget here." <laughs> <laughs> there's a secret. It might be my next program. <laughs> Got to find the hidden gem. There's a hidden gem yeah. in everything. Yeah. Love it. I relate to that because I'm an optimistic person and I'm always looking for the silver lining. That's what keeps me going, you know, and that's just like, I always try to live my life with a top down perspective. Like, Hey, if you're in front of a shit storm, you know, if you can change your perspective and gain some foresight, you might be able to see that if you turn left or turn right or hop, scump, hop, jump and skip over that storm, you are going to land in a paradise possibly. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. that gets me excited to just continue and just to go and live my life and to smile and you know just talk to people and live your best life because you you don't know what you're going to create around the corner we can only see what's in front of us yeah yeah it's true and my best friend I don't remember which wise sage she was quoting but the quote was the master wastes nothing so like there is nothing Ooh, in your like life that. that's happening that yeah isn't fuel for something and a a master looks at what's in front of them to find how it can be utilized, how it can be, you know, food, fuel, how it can be a teaching experience. There's nothing in life that should be considered a waste. And it's, it's kind of my natural curiosity to be that way, but to be like, what other people get this. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're such a great teacher. So of course, people are going to start picking up what you're putting down. Oh man, this was like one of those guys like Osha or Lao Tzu, like not oh, okay, okay. <laughs> way before me, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so cool, Desmond. <laughs> oh, I try, I try. Well, hey, you're, you're such, you're, you're a pretty adventurous person. So, I mean, in a short sentence, could you tell us what you're favorite video game is at the moment yeah so i'm going old school yeah i i really do love me some diablo (laughs) oh you gotta be more specific d1 two three d3 right now um like it's a good one it's good yeah i need to find d1 and d2 because i kind of want to pull those back out and go through them again because it's been so long like Mm -hmm. I was playing them when they were coming out and I haven't picked them back up again as the series progressed. So now with like D4 being teased, I'm like, what? I, I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Cause D2 was like my thing. And um, man, talking about rallying a, a video game. 
So I was happy how they came out with D3 because D2 is like such a well-rounded game and that's a hard, that's hard to follow, follow up with. Yeah. Hoping that's going to match that. And I think they did their thing. They did good. D3 came out nice. I, I love it. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Well, <laughs> if there are any D3 players, I'm on Xbox and I want to play with people. So hit me up. <laughs> go ahead. Drop your gamer tag right now. It's We Dragoness. W-E-E Dragoness. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome yeah come find me be like hey i heard you on desmond's podcast let's go let's go run some riffs together <laughs> <laughs> don't be surprised if you get a couple new ads yeah, that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> great so hey on um, next segment here we're gonna shift gear talk a little bit more about you some more and um, I call it the peaks and valleys segment. So this is the part of the show where I'll just ask my guests to share um, some stories about themselves, uh, a peak and a valley, peak being something that you've reached, recently accomplished. Um, so a, uh, a recent win or a realization that you've had in any area of your life. And a valley would be something that you are still working to get better at, something that you're struggling with and this too can be related to any area in your life. So why don't you go ahead and share with us a peak of yours? Mm, a peak of mine. Yeah. So that would be being a stepmom. That's consistently a peak and a valley. Awesome. <laughs> so I was never the one who wanted kids. Like I knew as a kid that I never wanted kids because again, the whole standards thing and the self-awareness thing, like I know the type of mother I would want to be. And I also know that I'm pretty darn selfish and there are some yeah. sacrifices I don't want to make. Like, yeah. I really enjoy the fact that I can come and go as I please. And if I don't want to be a productive member of society, I don't have to. Like the people in my life are adults yeah. that can take care of themselves. So if I'm like, I'm not cooking, I'm not cleaning, you do you boo, then mm -hmm. I know that that Isn't can that be a done. Thing? <laughs> yeah. And you know, my animals, I'm such an animal person and they feed that maternal oh, need mm -hmm. without going over the top. Like if they get too much, I can be like, okay, guys, go outside and play. I'm, I've had enough to snuggle. <laughs> Yep. And they'll be fine. They'll be like, okay, we're going to go outside. Oh, yeah. Birds. Yeah. They'll be good. They'll go chase squirrels. Yeah. Um, but with children, like I take that responsibility so seriously and uh, I, I know there's a way to learn to be all of it and not lose yourself. Yeah. But I also know that we get to pick and choose our lessons and that's not the lesson that I want to master this go round. <laughs> so I chose not to have kids. Like I, okay. if I did it, I would want to be amazing. But I also, I have other goals. I have other dreams that I want to prioritize. Yeah. And I've chosen to do that. So in meeting my current partner, he's got two boys and they're 12 and 13. Um, and when Mark and I Ooh, moved those in the, together. Those are the juicy ages. I know. Teenagers. Um, it is like right getting into that. So yeah. when we moved in together, the boys were nine and 10, I think, or 10 and 11. It's, it's been a few years. So they were right at that age where like, they're not so codependent, but they also still definitely need a lot of guidance. Yeah. And it's been really fascinating to have to reflect, like, I have to call myself out for being a control freak. Like, I'll be real. It's so easy to want to be like, no, don't do that because I know better. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then that's the classic. I can imagine. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also been really difficult because they aren't my children. So I have to co-parent with two parents and they have very different backgrounds and very different standards. And again, I'm like the 10 miles deep person so yeah. when I see some things happening I'm like "Ooh, but I see how this is going to end up maybe we should <laughs> like start trying to navigate this train wreck yeah and everyone else is like no it's good so I'm over here like itching like let me fix the problems yeah and having to learn that you know I am the coach professionally and I can coach myself all day long but I will not coach my partner 
and I will not coach their kids because there lies the path of like feeding my control freaker. And so learning the balance between co-parenting and communicating positive suggestions, but also respecting that if there are things they don't see are an issue that I have to respect that they don't see it as an issue. Yeah. Um, so it's a tricky one, man, but I've learned so much doing it and it's really helped me round out my work with clients because kids add a whole new dynamic that you have to dance. Like you, you do, you don't yeah. ever escape that. So um, yep. it's, it's rounded me out as a, a coach, a guide, a teacher, a facilitator for sure. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, I'm happy that you're, you're having these little revelations. I'm sure you're going to be a great set mom. I'm sure you're awesome. So. Aw, thanks. <laughs> does believes in you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hitting you up for that, that affirmation message. I'm sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. I'll say, Hey, whatever your gamer tag is, I'll speak to you like that. This is a new adventure. This is a new dungeon. There you go. <laughs> You're running a new rift. <laughs> yes. New rift. <laughs> of the 16 oh, year old. <laughs> yes. Oh man. 16. That's going to be nuts. <laughs> Ah, uh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you again for having a convo with me. It's always great. And, uh, you know, why don't you share with these people, everyone chiming in where they can follow you if they want to learn some more about you? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and you can search me as Tabitha Jester, J-E-S-T-E-R. We'll pop some links into the description so you can find me there. Yes. I do some awesome writing on Patreon. It's kind of like my brainchild where things that I'm contemplating turning into like teaching pieces or courses. I write about stuff. I throw it in there. I see the reaction it gets and then it moves on. Oh, that's exciting. Um, that's fun. Yeah, it is really fun. And um, yeah. Also my website, tabitha-jester.com, where you can go and have a consultation with me if you've been picking up what I've been putting down and you want to chat. Yay. Awesome. All right, you guys, you heard it. Go check her out, please. She's great <laughs> and awesome. And uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Everyday Fitness Radio. I will see you guys next time. Take care.